you are listening to episode 28 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Thursday, July 5th. Yeah, it's a rare, like, during the week, like, uh, daytime recording, because usually when we're recording during the week, it's very dark. It's always dark outside, because I <laughs> I have to wait until I'm home to record from my not-at-home day job, which means nighttime. But today, because Preeti is off work, yes, yes, <laughs> we're recording during the day. Um, okay, so we're gonna change it up a little bit because we've both got a lot of personal stuff going on. So we're gonna talk about personal stuff up top. We are. It's like it's been kind of a wild year. I feel like. Yeah. Um, you Every- have. You have some very big news <laughs> too. Sabna, I do. Sabna has entered a brand new fandom. I know it is called baby fandom because I am pregnant. Yay! Okay. It's so it's it is I'm out on I'm out on social media now. So um yeah, that is it's it's really interesting. I'm halfway through now, so I'm doing November and it's it's been a really interesting thing. I mean, just entering a whole new it's like a whole new like phase of life and like this is why it has seemed like I have no interests over the past few months because like I have just been like, I don't, I was telling Preeti this before I started recording, but I just, I like, my goal is to not move for my last trimester. So I'm trying to get all the organizing and stuff like done now. And so, um, yeah, so that is, that is what's happening with me. I feel like it's big news, but there's not a lot to say. Other than so, that, like, this kid's going to be the coolest, nerdiest kid this ever. going to be such a nerdy kid. Like, oh, my God. So like, I can't... many Star Wars toys. God, I can't wait. It's going to be so good. <laughs> like, it's going to be so fun. Tiny cosplay is so good. Tiny cosplay. I can't uh, wait. It's going to be good. So, yeah. So, I'm excited. It's, like, it's like been... For being an anxious person, I feel like I'm not anxious about this at all, which is really nice um, because I was really like, like I was fretting that I would be really anxious and like it would, you know, I would transfer my anxiety to my child, which I probably will regardless because (laughs) I mean, that's how these things work, but I've not been anxious about anything, anything so far and everything's been going well. And so, yeah. It's it's fun. Okay, no, I'm, that's not true. Pregnancy's terrible. Like I'm, sure, <laughs> I was like, I'm hold sure. on. And you're like, you have complained a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm sure some women have like beautiful pregnancies, and it's a lovely journey. I don't know. My, like it's miserable. I have been miserable. Like I am finally like lifting out of the fog of exhaustion, and that usually just characterizes the first trimester. But I have had it well into my second. Um, and I am sort of finally getting out of that, but yeah, like it just generally it's been miserable, but it's fine. Like, it, like it is what it is. So don't worry, you don't have to come to Daisy Geek Girls for like this unachievable idea of I know, pregnancy. I'm not going to tell you about how this is a beautiful time in my life where I'm talking <laughs> with my child because I'm just like, like, this is terrible. I have no clothes that fit. And I mean, like, it's just... I am eating ice cream every day. <laughs> Do you like that? <laughs> Me too. Yeah. But, um, cause like, it's actually really funny. My threshold for sweets has increased significantly. Cause it used to be, I could eat like a few bites of a sweet and then I'd start getting nauseous. 
um, just because, you know, like I couldn't handle sweets and my threshold for sweets has increased. And that's been a lot of fun. That's a positive, I think. I like um, okay, but let's talk about what's going on with you because you've had a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> uh, it's been a busy, 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 busy couple weeks. Um, I was in New Orleans for ALA a couple weeks ago, and I'd never been to New Orleans before. And New Orleans, is, I went on a ghost tour, and it is a terrifying haunted murder city with amazing food and music. Food is so good. So good. I think I literally had like 35 beignets. I ate beignets every day. Um, when I got home, the like thing I was saddest about is that I couldn't eat more beignets. Yeah. But. That's a fair thing to be sad about. Everything there is haunted for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. After the ghost tour, I slept with my lights on that night. I've like never been so scared. I was so, so scared. Uh, but apparently it was because we got like kind of a weird tour guide. I knew other people who went on that tour different nights with different tour guides. And they're like, it was so camp and fun. And I was like, I thought it was horrifying. And I swear I have like PTSD from just the awful amount of detail yeah. I got about the horrible things that happened in the French Quarter and the surrounding areas. Um, but I did still really enjoy it. And ALA was wonderful. Um, my book came out last week, the one that I'm in, A Thousand Beginnings and Endings, which was very cool. And we did our first signing at ALA, which I was like, oh, so wild. I'm that person who's like, no one's coming to this. Like, no one's coming to this. But oh, my God. People came. They ran out of books, which was very cool. Yes. Uh, that was pretty exciting. It was a really, it was a fun ALA. Like it felt, everyone seemed to be having a good time. The awards were really nice. Um, Aaron and Chada Kelly, who I think is the first Filipina, Filipina author to win a Newberry, gave this amazing speech. And there was a moment where these Filipino librarians in the back held up the um, Filipino flag and like everybody started oh. crying. It was like so nice. Uh, and then I came back like on a Monday and our book launch was on Tuesday and that was a little bananas, but that also went super well. Thank you to everybody who came out to McNally Jackson Tuesday night last week and hung out with us for a couple hours while we talked about the book and signed and everything. And it's a weird place to be in. It's just a really, really weird place to be in. Um, what's it like to be published author now? It's weird. That's what it's like. It's weird because, you know, I have, um, I have like a Google alert set up for my name for like freelance stuff or just I want to know like if anything pops up. But every so often now, like reviews are slipping through, which I don't love because I don't yeah, want to know. Yeah, you don't want to see them. I, I, I would not want to reviews. See them. <laughs> like, don't tell me if you thought my story sucked. Like, I don't want to know. I have seen so many positive reviews like for the whole for the whole collection yeah people have been very cool it has three stars which is really awesome because that was unexpected yeah um, that's for people who don't know what that is like each of the big trade publication re that review like school library journal kirkus publishers weekly um give a star so it has those three stars right yeah it's kirkus publishers weekly and uh slj i think you're right mm -hmm. um which is a Big, it's a big deal to get one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So to have three is amazing. It's really, it's exciting. It's been very exciting. And, you know, my story, I'm going to, I'm going to segue this really smoothly into the last thing I want to talk about in my life because 
my story is about um, Navratri, which is this Hindu holiday, and I think I've spoken about it on the show before, where it's a lot of dancing. And just two nights ago, Tuesday nights, there was a big, um, the type of dance we do is called Garba, and there was a big Garba party at Lincoln Center um, with the Lincoln Center Swing Program, where they kind of, over the summer, do different types of dance, and you can like um, buy a ticket, come in, and learn how to do that dance. So we got to dance Garba outside, and it was so fun and it was like this nice little bow on the end of this publishing experience yes. you know it was like everything kind of coming full circle and getting to experience the thing that I'd written about and hadn't I haven't gotten to go the last few years because of like travel or whatever and so it was just really cool um I it was a really good time my legs still hurt like as they should so much as so should. hot. It was so hot outside. Oh, yeah. That was like one of the 90-degree days, Yeah, right? it was one of the 90 90- We were so sweaty and disgusting. Um, I posted some videos on Twitter, so we can link to those in the show notes if you're interested in seeing what it's like. It is the best party. I'm not even kidding. It's so much it fun. so much fun. But it was cool. It's been a really, really cool experience, and everyone's been really supportive and nice. So thanks to everyone who listens who, like, bought the book. I can't fathom people like kind of spending money on something like this for something I've written. So that's very, very cool. All right. I'm done. That was exciting. Yay! <laughs> it's a big, very, it's just, it's a beginning of your journey as a author. I'm very excited to see where it goes. Thanks, Thanks friend. Yay. Okay. So we have, okay. So this is kind of a random episode because there's like, I feel like every, like, you know, last time we had solo to talk about the time before that we had infinity war. Yeah. This is like no big thing for us to talk about. So we're just going to kind of talk about like things that have been interesting, things that we're interested in, mm-hmm. what we're doing, what we're enjoying because it's so hot and gross outside, um, at least here in the um, kind of Northeast corridor. So yes. It's too hot doing- to do anything but like, read and watch stuff it really is it's like disgusting I didn't go outside yesterday like I know Uh, yesterday was the fourth of July but I did not do anything I went and we went and got ice cream there's a like walk-up ice cream window that's like not too far away and they have like like quote-unquote world-famous ice cream I don't know if it's actually world-famous but it's really (laughs) really good so we went and did that, but otherwise, yeah, we were at home most of the day. I spent most of the day reading, too. Ice cream is the only acceptable reason to leave the yes. house, I feel like, in weather like this. Um, but speaking of really cool, exciting things, much like ice cream and hot weather. Yes. Yes. There is some news about the Fast and the Furious spinoff that we are really, really excited about because we love the Fast and the Furious movies. Yes. Because they're amazing. It- yeah, Idris Elba is going to be the new bad guy. Yes! In the and so, okay, so first of all, if you don't know about the spinoff, it's like a Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. So mm-hmm. it's uh, The Rock and Jason Statham. Yep. So Idris Elba is going to be the bas- bad guy. While I would have loved to, s- I would love to see some um, lady casting mm-hmm. out of this spinoff. Um, but still, that's a still very exciting news. Um, I love these movies so much. They're, They're so, so good. good. They're so Seems to be good. Frank Donsable is getting a little too big in the Fast and the Furious movies. There's just so many people. Yeah. And so I am not against like them. Because like, Hobbs is such a good character. And so I'm not against them kind of 
spinning this off to and if to, it means that they'll keep them going like keeping the yes. rock in the universe because i know a lot of it is because the rock and um vin diesel had some there was some drama behind the scenes yeah they they maybe aren't super super cool with each other like fine separate them do even more right. movies well, that's what I, think. I am fine with this becoming a shared universe yes build I, it I and make that. it bigger yes that that is fine with me um, so I think that's exciting. And I love that Idris Elba is joining this universe. Oh, I'm like, so psyched about Idris Elba being in a Fast and the Furious movie. I know. And I'm like really hoping he turns into a shot and like becomes part of the family. Yes. How could he not? Yes. Um, because I, I, it's Idris Elba. I don't I know if him. I can handle like The Rock, Jason Statham, and Idris Elba on one team. Yeah. Like, I gonna, feel like it's be- like a lot of greatness. Yeah. I, I am. I am. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. Um, it's going to be good. <laughs> it's it's going to be good. <laughs> With the, on that note, um, okay, so another piece of news I'm really excited about is um, Priyanka Chopra is writing sort of, I guess it's like a memoir slash essay collections, maybe even some like fiction. It's just kind of, she's putting together a book that's supposed to come out, I think, next year. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's being billed as a memoir, so I'm assuming that it's a memoir. Um, it's mostly nonfiction, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. She's had a really interesting life and she's been such a, like a good activist for Hindi film, like Hindi cinema and Bollywood. Um, and that's kind of transferred over here and she's had really smart things to say about like working in the industry in the U.S. And so I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it. Yeah, I mean, um, I always appreciate when she talks about what her experience was. Because she went to high school here. Um, like yeah. She was, you know, born in India, but she came over here and did high school and then left, not due in small part, from what I understand, for how she was received and the way non she was treated by non-Indian people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that could be really interesting to read about because it's a perspective we need to pay attention to. I agree. And um, I really hope it does not talk anything or mention it anywhere that she is currently dating Nick Jonas because I think that's really <laughs> weird. And I just, in my head, that's not happening. That's not a it's thing. So, I'm so of two minds about it because like on the one hand, I'm like, get it girl. She's much old. She's not much, but she's older than him. Like, you know, yeah. she is, I think, a year or two older than we are. Yeah. And he is, like, in his mid-twenties, I think. Yeah. And so... It's not, like, a gross age difference. No. But it's an age difference. But it's an age difference in a, in a way that, like, is not even looked at when it comes to men dating it's women. It's like Jennifer Lawrence is paired with... Con- constantly paired with men 10 years older than her in, like, right. every movie she's in. Exactly. So it's, like, the opposite you of know, that, which we don't get to see... And so no. I appreciate it on that end, but on the other hand, I'm like, really, Nick Jonas? Yeah, really? yeah I know. Like, there are. I, it's not <laughs> the age difference. It's weird to me. It's like he looks like he's 12. I know. It's very strange. In yeah. a, like, I just okay. I don't get it. I don't okay, get it. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't get it. Do I it up, I girl. <laughs> I'm making like an Indian hand motion like, right now. Mm. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> 
whatever she wants to do. Anyway, I'm excited to read this book because she's she's really smart. She is very articulate. She says mm-hmm. really smart things about like representation yeah. and women. And I just I think it's going to be a good good book. Who, do we know who's publishing it? Random House. Interesting. Yeah. In my head, I'm already like, who do I know that works there? Who oh could, yeah. Who oh, could yeah. help me out? <laughs> yeah. Yep. But I don't know I anyone know, who works I, in I adult know it's Random House. I know it's PRH, the like house. I don't know what imprint. Hmm. Um, I'm looking right now, but I'm not seeing. Interessante. Yeah. Let's see. I don't know what imprint it is. So um, we're gonna do some more research. Yeah, we'll see. Try to get our hands on an early copy so we can talk about it. Be like, but hey, you know what? You know how what would really help Priyanka Chopra's book? Yeah, she know, came on Daisy Geek Girls. Yeah, she yes, did do an interview I, with us. Absolutely, I think this is something. I think it would really help her image <laughs> to be interviewed by us. <laughs> um, I think that's very important for Priyanka Chopra <laughs> and her future career. <laughs> Um, All right, moving right along. We are just a short distance out from San Diego Comic-Con, which I cannot even believe. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Preeti is going to be there. She's going to – it's your first SDCC. Yeah, this is my first San Diego Comic-Con. I've never – I've only ever done New York Comic-Con. And so uh, if you're there, please say hi because I am not going to know what I'm doing. And if you have any recommendations for panels that I should hit up – also, like, tweet at me. Let me know because I'm kind of going in a little blind here. I'm not really sure what to expect or how it's different from New York Comic Con or, like, what it is. I'm just kind of – I'm going for work, and so I have some stuff that I have to do. But – oh, and I will be on a panel. Oh! I, I forgot. Uh, I'm going to be on a panel Saturday morning of San Diego Comic Con about fake geek girls – I don't remember the actual title, but I think it's a 10 a.m. We'll put it in the show notes. Yes. Thank you. We prepared, by which I mean I prepared so well for this episode. Yeah. This this episode was us for the 10 minutes before this frantically, like, being like, what do we want to talk about? Yep, basically. Um, I am very excited about SDCC this year. I will not be going. This is a con-free year for me because pregnancy. Like SDCC. Yeah, SDCC was is never really in the cards because unless somebody would pay for airfare and lodging, just because that's that's far. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm not going to New York Comic Con because I really don't want to have to go into like stress labor at NYCC. That would be terrible. That Can would you imagine? Be terrible. I, I just I could just see it happening. So yeah, no, thank you. Um, I will stay home. But Star Trek Discovery is having their first season Yay. two at um. San Diego, um, and I'm very sad to miss it because it sounds like it'll be great. Actually, there's some really interesting news out of the Star Trek Discovery writers' room uh, that I just remembered. So the sh- the sh- the show has been like rightly praised by myself a lot and other people about kind of the diverse the representation on screen. Um, and that's mainly due to the showrunners Aaron Harberts and Gretchen Berg. Uh, who were fired. Yeah, they were fired from the show um, a cu- couple of weeks ago. The news came out that they were fired because they were create basically because of verbally abusing writers. Oh, no. Yes, which is, like, super terrible because, like, it's, that's, it's just, it's, it's terrible on so many levels. Um, I don't really worry, honestly, about the diversity of the show going mm-hmm. forward because they have, 
really it's a really embodied this value and it's gotten I, I don't worry that it's an Alex Kurtzman's hands now who's always an executive producer and he's kind of overseeing like the whole expanded Star Trek universe which there is going to be there are multiple shows that are being worked on and possibly in production um, set in the Star Trek universe because Discovery has done so well um, but Kurtzman will be the showrunner for the rest of season two I think they've done like five episodes and then there's going to be a hiatus because they have to kind of scramble to reorganize. Um, I'm not too worried about the show. Like the show, it's a strong show. It'll survive this, but like, it's just more like that's terrible that the show that like I've been, you know, and I've been giving Gretchen Berg and Aaron Harbert so much credit for like, you know, like the, the representation on screen and stuff like that. And you hate to hear that about a show you love. That's a bummer. It's just, it's just a bummer, but um, the show is going to be stronger for, you know, having, I'm so glad they dealt with it. Yes. I would have hated even more to hear about this kind of behavior four years down the road and then them still being in place. Yeah. Versus the writers went to Kurtzman with like what's going on and like it seems like the studio immediately took action, which that, is great. That's what kind of want. amazing, actually. Because also like you hear so much about like showrunners that aren't quote unquote famous that just get away with this type of type of behavior because the there it's not going to make headline news that they're awful right. people and nobody's really going to like nobody's quote unquote going to care. And so you hear about that a lot. So it's, it's nice that action was taken and yes. um, I look forward to seeing the stronger show and the writers are so good. And I am glad that I hope everything gets better. I mean, I think it's a step in the right direction and you know, this is sadly still a rare thing to see the accountability. So that's, I think that's kind of amazing. Especially on a, a show that's doing really well. Yes. Um, yeah. You don't see that happening. And um, Star Trek does have a history of semi-toxic writer's room. So mm-hmm. let's, 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 let, let that's a, what? like, <laughs> yeah, that's a, um, that's a, tr- let, let's end that trend. Um, history <laughs> so, And like, just like, you know, great representation on screen and then treating the talent and cast and crew awfully off screen. So let's yeah. stop that. Let's let's set a better example. So yeah. Um, uh, but anyways, okay. <laughs> anyways, Spider Man. Yeah. So something I'm hoping to see at San Diego Comic Con is a lot of um, promotion around Spider Man into the Spider Verse, which is an animated movie coming out in December, December 14th. It looks. If you haven't watched the trailer, like pause this podcast, go to YouTube find the most recent trailer and watch it because it looks amazing. I haven't watched the I trailer. I know! <laughs> that was my, like, subtle, that was my, like, <laughs> passive... Looking like her eyes were boring into me when she was saying that. Like, oh, passive-aggressive oh, oh. shading Swapna in the middle of this recording oh, because oh. she hasn't watched it yet. And it's so good. Like, so basically, uh, it centers around Miles. Miles Morales is getting a stand- standalone Spider-Man movie, which... I know that we all desperately wanted when Marvel got the rights to do a Spider-Man movie, desperately wanted it to be Miles. It wasn't, but we are getting this. And this movie, like the animation looks so sick and so awesome. I cannot oversell it. Uh, it's The Spider-Verse is this thing that happens in the, in the Spider-Man comics where a bunch of Spider-Men from different, Marvel universes come together to fight some sort of bad guy. Um, It's been in the comics. It's been in the animated series. It's been like, they've used this, they've used this 
uh, notion quite a few times, and now they're going to do this movie. So in the trailer, you have a young Miles Morales who gets these powers, uh, who is being trained by old man Peter Parker, played by one of my favorite actors, Jake Johnson, is doing the voice, uh, Nick from New Girl. And it just looks so cool. It looks like that's the only word I can use to describe it. It looks cool. Like it's not any of this traditional, like it's a, it seems like it's going to be a mixture of kind of 2D, 3D animation. It looks like they're trying some really interesting new stuff to get that elasticity that, that Spider-Man is known for onto the screen without making it hokey or silly. Ugh. It looks so freaking cool. I, like, can't get over it. I'm so excited. I want to, like, rent out a theater and have all my friends come see this movie. I cannot afford that, but I think it would be awesome. <laughs> I think it would be so, would so be amazing, awesome. Though. Huh? I said that would be amazing. Though. That would be amazing. Maybe I'll just be like, this is the date I'm going to go see it at this theater. Let's all go together. Yeah. Everybody buy a ticket. <laughs> Everyone buy a ticket. We'll figure it out. We'll fill it up with just like good hearted, excited people. And if we do want to see, um, you can, I a hundred, and like the deal between Sony and Marvel right now is complicated. Yes. Um, and, but that being said, I guarantee you that they will be looking at how this movie does. Yes. Uh, to, to, to negotiate introducing Miles into um, the universe at some point, not anytime yeah. soon, I wouldn't think. Um, but you know, later down the road. Yeah, and so I mean, if it does well, like, that's encouragement that we want to see more of mm-hmm. this. They set the stage for it. You know, Aaron Davis is in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. This is a Sony movie. Into the Spider-Verse is a Sony movie. It's not a Marvel movie. Um, I know, like, it's complicated and ridiculous, but... It's super complicated, like, who Marvel, like, the MCU can use yeah. versus Sony. Yeah. And so, like... And Sony is still it still has a Spider Verse like it's got the Venom movie it's got you know so you know yeah I know she just stuck out her tongue in, in a like I'm not I don't care grossed kind of out way. kind of way that movie looks not ridiculous. in like a Venom kind of way um, but anyway <laughs> sorry thank you for clarifying yes no, I, I that now it's like oh wait oh wait I need to clarify um, oh gosh that's good yeah. <laughs> Okay, and then let's talk about some books, because I feel like, despite both being book nerds, we don't talk about books a lot. We don't, and it's a lot of it, I think, is because we read so far ahead, for the most part, because, you know, your book reviews, and um, I work in publishing, so I'm often reading, like, six to eight months ahead of a book's release date, and it makes there it a little... There'll be times I'll be like, oh, is this book good? And she's like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, you t- told me about it like a year ago. She's like, haha, okay, well. <laughs> I Maybe I liked it. <laughs> yeah, probably. I used to track my reading, but I've been really, really bad about it this year. I haven't written anything down. Um, but that said, there's a lot of exciting book news that's happening. Uh, it just, I think like yesterday or the day before, they dropped the new title for the new Megan Wellen Turner book. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's called Return of the Thief, and I, if you're not familiar with this series... I am series, not. I've heard of, I've heard of <sighs> Megan Wayland Turner. Tell me about this oh series. Oh, my God. Okay. So, I came to the series very late. It actually started, like, uh, 15, 20 years ago, I think, with the first book, which was called The Thief. It came out. It's YA. Uh, it won the Prince Award, I believe, or at least got an honor, which is one of the highest awards you can, uh, you can get for young adult novels. And it's basically this fantasy sort of series about this kid named Jen who is a thief. 
And mm-hmm. in the first book, it opens and he's in prison. And he is contracted by the head of this city he's in to steal something from a temple, basically. And it's twisty and it's turny. And it seems very, what I love about it is it seems very like upfront and matter of fact. And then all of a sudden there's this huge paradigm shift in the middle of the book. And you're like, everything I thought I knew is not real. And that's how the books go on. There are five books so far. They're super short, which I also really like. Because yeah. I think there's a tendency right now for something we call book bloat, which is when a book is 100 and 150 pages longer than it needs to be. Yeah. Um, these books, you can read them in like two or three days. They're all so good. But they used to be that it was years in between books. But now it's like the last book came out last year. It was A Conspiracy of Kings. And wait, was it A Conspiracy of Kings? Now I can't remember. Either way, the last book came out last year and the new book's coming out in March 2019. And I like, there are only going to be seven books in the series, which means it's almost oh, done okay, and I can't okay. handle it. I, okay, so <sighs> when the new book is announced, I'll start reading the first book. The when the seventh book is announced? Yeah. yeah okay. when, when, the, when, the, when the, like, so no, like 20. But, well, so here's the thing, though, is that they all kind of stand alone. Oh. So you okay. can read okay, them okay, okay. and there is a sense of completion and closure to them. So you're not like, the only reason there's a need or a want for the new books isn't necessarily plot, but it's because they're so good. They're so good. And you love the characters and you love the world so much. Okay. And you just fall. And, and every book is written in a different stylistic way. They're all, she's so good. She, Megan Will and Turner is just so good. Like, I can't get over it. You have to well, read I'm them. excited. Yeah, Here I'm are excited. things that Swapna has to do after this podcast. I know. Watch I'll the new Spider-Man trailer. <laughs> read Megan Well and Turner. I'll make a list. <laughs> I'll make a list. All right. We're going to, I have like more, we're, we should tag team this. So you go next. Okay. Um, so I read the new Tana French novel. If you are Ooh. not familiar with Tana French, she is this like, Irish crime writer, like, she does crime fiction, and her books are so good. Like, they are, like, Tana French is, like, I don't even know. Like, everyone loves her. I've never found anyone who has read her books and been, like, I hate them. Like, there are people who are, like, okay, she's a little bit overrated, um, which is fair. Um, I don't think she's overrated personally. But I started with her books from the first, I think, I read her first book in the woods before it was published. So, like, I have been reading her books like, and they're so good. They're all crime novels. They're all related. They're not really sequels, but um, the first one is In the Woods. You don't have to read them in order. Um, some you do, some you don't. Um, but there's a really good article on Book Riot uh, about Tana French reading order if you don't want to read them in chronol like the order they were published. And I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, but they're all, they kind of, like, a minor character in a book will become the main character of the next book are they what kind of crimes are there or is it like it's all it's almost always murder okay um it's always all all, almost always murder um but they're not grisly they're not like you know there's some books you know they just get really grisly with like describing like dead bodies and stuff like that they're not like that it's more like about the atmosphere and the characterization is so good um and she's they're just very well written. So the new one is called The Witch Elm. It's out in October. 
Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you anything about it because it's really I went in knowing nothing and it was so good. Um, it is not it is not part of the series. So this is just a standalone novel, which is always nice. Um, and it's so good and it's about like it's kind of a mystery for the Me Too era. Huh. So that's all I'm going to say about it. I really enjoyed it. I I cannot, and it's it's driving me crazy because I don't know a lot of other people who've read it. Um, because, um, it's just not. It's they haven't been distributing um, print galleys very widely. I was really lucky to get my hands on one, but it's just yeah. Like and so I'm just like I want to talk about it, but like I can't. And I think it's better to like not before you read it because it's so good. But if you are waiting for a book to, like, if you're waiting on that book and you, there's so <laughs> many writers at this point that could get compared to Tana French and it's super aggravating because they almost always disappoint. But I just read a book that didn't. It's a Tana French comp, but it doesn't disappoint. Yes. And it's called The Ruin by Dervla McTiernan. Um, that's D-E-R-V-L-A, The Ruin. And it is also set in Ireland, really atmospheric, Really great characters. First in a series. It's her debut. First in a series. Um, another crime novel about a murder. Um, I love crime novels. Like there, it's, it's like one of like it's like one of my like I love crime novels. So it's about a murder. It is really well written, really well done, and it just came out on Tuesday. So that's out. It's in the world, so you can go read that while you're waiting for Tana French. Convenient. Yes. Okay, you go. Um, so a book also recently came out, uh, just about three weeks ago, was Starless by Jacqueline Carey. Um, mm -hmm. Jacqueline Carey wrote this series, which I think I've mentioned on the show before, called Cushiel's Dart, and which is kind of a fantastical romance intrigue series with uh, one of my favorite heroines in any series ever written. Um, and so she wrote this new book, which is a standalone book called Starless, which was really interesting. Um, it's hard to say. I, I recommend it if you like Jacqueline Carey or if you like really sort of like romantic. I'm like losing the words that I want to use. It was, it was a little indescribable. But what I liked so much about it was the main character. Um, so basically it's set in this world where gods literally walk the, walk the earth, but they mm -hmm. are still gods. They're these like massive incomprehensible beings that humans have to contend with. And so the main character is this uh, character who is basically God touched and has been born to be the protector and the twin soul of a princess in a far off land where they haven't met, haven't been and haven't met and spends their whole life training to be this person. And then about the relationship between this character and the princess and their relationship to the gods and the issues that are happening in the lands. That's like as vague as I can get, but it's, it was just a really interesting read and a take on religion and fantasy that I haven't seen in a long time. Like I'm a big fan of religious fiction and I'm a big fan of like fantasy fiction and so I love something Jacqueline Carey does really well I think is pairing the two and mm -hmm. how religion feeds into fantasy and how it can kind of bolster fantasy almost to another level by dealing with belief systems okay I can't believe I came out with that sentence because I really yes. was not prepared for this at all 
It's really, that was a, that's a really good description. So um, if a person is not read Jacqueline Carey, would you recommend that's a, you know, good place to start? Or no, would you recommend no. Like, I so? would start with, I would start with um, Cushiel's Dart, which is the first series, the first book in the Cushiel series and is incredible. But it, it's a little, it's a little sexy. So okay. keep that, keep that in mind. Uh, don't, don't <laughs> hand it to your young teenager. Nope. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Good to know. Um, I I've read it. I I've never, I haven't read it. Um, I have heard about it. It's um, it's about a sex worker. Yes, it's about okay. a sex worker, and it's yeah. about it's. It, she's just such a great character. She's like strong and smart, and um, but still has to go through these horrible things in order to succeed. Like in it, nothing is easy. the The whole series is so good. So much intrigue. I love intrigue. Um, okay, so now I'm going to talk about The Lost Queen by Signe Pike. This isn't out until September, so I'm sorry again. But um, I am a huge King Arthur fan. Like, yes. I grew up on the King Arthur legends. I've read so many of the books. This is a new interpretation of it, which I love. Um, and it is, but it is told from the point of view, like, it kind of resets the myth and um, is it sets it in sixth century Scotland. Um, it's based on history. Like there's a really nice long, like nerdy afterward for like what's real and like how she kind of, she based it on like history and research. And it's told from the point of view of Langareth, who is the twin sister of the man who would become known as Merlin. So it's kind of this like lady take on it. It's the first in a trilogy. It reminded me so much of Mary Stewart's Merlin trilogy. Ah. But kind of, yeah. It, like, like, I just, I could not like get over like the comparisons between, and I, I read that those books hundreds of times. Like I know them so well. And it reminded me so much of the Merlin trilogy, um, which the Pike actually, Signe, I was tweeting with her and Signe hasn't actually read the Merlin really? trilogy. So I was like, you have to read it because it, it reminded me so, cause like I assumed it was kind of like an homage and it's not, but it's so good. And um, it's so well-written um, it's just, it was really transporting at a time I needed to be transported. And so I really keep an eye out for it, for it in September. I'm sure I'm going to write about it. I'm actually, no, I've already started a piece of like kind of a personal essay on why it spoke to me, um, over at Fangirls. And so I'm sure I'm going to be tweeting about it a lot too. Oh, I so can't, I can't wait to read this. Like after yeah. we talked about it and like, it sounds so good. And like after kind of the mists of Avalon mm -hmm. and like, um, the whole, like, I don't remember the author's name now, but like that whole just, 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 she's a terrible person, basically. So it's nice to get a new, like, feminist yeah. kind of on the legend. Um, um, okay, you have uh, the Hit You Give trailer. Oh, uh, so if you know anything about YA, I'm sure you've heard of this book called The Hate You Give. It has been like number one on the New York Times bestseller list for over a year, like a year and a half now, it's this incredible look at um, police brutality and the effects that these things have on the community. It's written by a debut author, uh, Angie Thomas, AC Thomas. Um, she's a black woman who's from the South, and it's so good that they're making a movie and the trailer. It's been built kind of as like a, the Black Lives Matter YA book, right? Yes. Yes, that is that is how they've built it, and it it's the movie. The trailer dropped. Um, I want to say during the BET Awards 
not this past weekend, but weekend before. And it's so powerful. Like it just, I think this is going to be a really big, important movie and one that I hope a lot of people go see because basically it's about this girl star who witnesses her friend. She's in the car with a friend when they get pulled over and she sees her friend get shot by the cop. And then it's what she has to deal with both in her community and in her community in terms of where she lives, which is a very um, lower socioeconomic uh, area with a lot of black families. And in the school she goes to, which is primarily white and affluent, um, it's just so, it's important. It's important and it's good. You know, it's a good story beyond just being something that I think people should engage with. It's a good story. And I think, I hope the movie inspires a lot of people to pick up the book. And it's Amanda Stenberg in the lead role, right? Amanda Stenberg and uh, AJ Kappa from um, Riverdale. Sona just smiled at me. (laughs) I'm I'm watching season two right now. And that show is just, I don't even know what to do with that show. It's so bananas. It's like. It's so weird. Like, it's just so weird. I mean, it's, like, it's, I, I hesitate to even say it's good because it's just so bonkers. But, like, I keep coming back, so it must be good. Like, I keep, like, watching it. So, <laughs> it's just weird. Um, okay, so, um, and then I have one final. This is just kind of a random thing. I just finished this book, Cotton Time, by Julie McElwain, and it is out now. Um, it came out. It came out on Tuesday. It's the third in a series. The first is A Twist in Time, and it's about... Um, I've talked, I've said, like, I do love crime novels. So this is about an FBI agent. Uh, but it also like, it's an FBI agent who is tracking the guy who like killed her entire team. And she's kind of gone rogue and she like randomly and like magically gets pulled back. Yes. Yeah. I was like, please be a time travel book. And she's in Georgia. So she's in Georgian. She gets like pulled back into Georgian times and like uses her FBI skills to solve crimes. But she's also like, she's also like butting up against like the like rule of women and like, you know, in the time and like, you know, she's like this like modern feminist woman who's like dealing with like Georgian England and there's some romance. And it's like this is the third book in a series. And this is the, they're like good sized books, but not like overly written or they don't suffer from book bloat. Like I never felt like, like, Oh my God, just get on with it. And so there's three on now. Like if you are looking for like a series, like when I go like on vacation, I like to just dive into a series and like, like binge read like three or four books in like the same series. This is a good one to do it with because they're so, they're just so fun. And like, they're really, they're good. And she's really smart. And like, I don't know. I like it. It's they're, they're, they're so fun. Um, um, but and then I and then I have one more thing that is kind of kind of book related, kind of not. Um, a discovery of witches is uh, it's it's a book by Deborah Harkness, and it's really it's the first in a trilogy. Um, and I'm I'm like blanking on the name of the trilogy right now. It'll come to me. But anyways, it's getting made into a TV show starring Matthew Good, who's really looking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like just wow, and he plays the title the the role of. Uh, Matthew Clermont, who is a vampire who's like 1500 years old, who meets Diana Bishop, who is a witch, um, who's kind of studying this like lost book. And 
the book that she's studying kind of piques the interest of all the like magical creatures in the world. And so it's like, it's like this like magical mix of people who love like, I don't know, like books like The Historian by Elizabeth Kostova, if any of you like read that, like just book people who love books. Like a lot of it takes place in the Bodleian Library at Oxford where she's like studying and she's an academic and they go into like, it's like, but like, it's like also like witch vampire romance. So like there's some Twilight stuff in there. It's like takes the stuff that make Twilight that makes that made Twilight so like such a phenomenon, I guess, but puts it in an adult setting um, with a more mature relationship. And um, it does like, and it does grapple with like some of the same control issues that Twilight does, but Twilight doesn't grapple with those. Like it right. treats those as like, like healthy and normal and like, you know, yes. like desirable. Whereas this book, like she's constantly butting up against his need to control. It's, it's, it's a really good series being made into a TV show. I'm really excited about it. And I, I just reread the trilogy to see if it holds up because a lot of people have been asking me, like, should I read the books? I just reread the trilogy. It does hold up. It's really good. I really enjoyed them. I am 100% reading these after your recommendation. My The number one question I asked Swapna was, is there kissing in it? Cause oh, that's- the kissing is so good. And there's so like much this- kissing. <laughs> It's slow burn in a way that, like, it's, you know what's going to happen with these two characters, but they, she still manages to make it, like, really, like, stuff happens while it, while also being a slow burn romance over three books. Oh, I can't wait. And it's just, it's just, it's really well done. Like, it is, it's, it is, the, the kissing is very good, and um, <laughs> I, I just, I really like, and it's not, I'm not saying they're not perfect. There is, there is some problematic stuff, of course. Right. But, like, yeah, just overall, like, this is another, if you're, these are long books, if you're going, like, on a vacation for a week and you want some books, like, put these on your e-reader and take them with you, like, you will, like, they're fun. I like them. I like uh, them the trailer is on YouTube for the series. Yeah, we'll, um, um, we'll link to it. It's coming out later this year in the, in Britain, and um, in the UK and the uh, US rights. I don't know what's going on with those because this is such a hyped series that I'm surprised the rights haven't sold yet. So I'm wondering if there's some sort of bidding thing going on. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I just would be really surprised if no one was interested um, because... I mean, based on the news, the reaction when the news dropped that it was happening... I think there is definitely U.S. interest. And, like, people, like, nuts when, like, Matthew Good was cast. Yes. Uh, so I think there's got to be some... I mean, this is a popular enough trilogy that it has a convention in and of itself that does well. They're doing an SD... Okay, they're doing a, like, Hall H SDD, SDCC panel, and the and U.S. rights have it. So I'm, I'm sure absurd. there's some sort of... And like with the writer and the actors and stuff like that, I think it's Hall H. I'm not sure, but like it's a high profile panel at SDCC, and the rights haven't sold yet. So I think there's some sort of yeah, bidding. that's absurd. Yeah, because otherwise that doesn't make sense. But so it w- I think it will air in the U.S. and I will talk about it a lot in my sleep deprived like baby like <laughs> post baby haze. I'll be like, oh, guys, you are so good. <laughs> because um, I'll be on maternity leave and not have a lot to do. And so I will be watching a lot of TV. I mean, not have a lot to do in the sense of like, I won't be, you know, I will have, I will be so tired from having so much to do that like all I will be able to do is like watch TV and I hate um, while I'm tr- praying that my child goes to sleep. Okay, so that is 
okay, so now you wanted to you wanted to talk about a movie I have not seen, but I am fine with that. Yes, Ocean's Eight, because it's, yes. this is <laughs> this is what happens really when we take two. Huh? I really want to see it. Yes, though. it was. I, I this is going to be really brief because it's been out a couple of weeks, and I just wanted to mention it because it was such a joy to watch and see these women engage in what was just a fun heist movie. Like, it was no more, no less. I love Ocean's Eleven because I love a good heist movie. It's like fun. I love that movie. Right? You know know everything's going to work out, but it doesn't matter. It's about the, like, the, like, smoothness and the, like, fast talking and the con artists. And this was exactly that. But instead of, you know... 11 men it was women and it was awesome and Sandra Bullock was great and Kate um Blanchett was great and like everybody Anne Hathaway was incredible in this yeah, movie I just I get got really frustrated with the like middling reviews I'm like because like I'm like what like the movie is supposed to be fun it's not supposed to be some critical darling and, and like right. a and b stop sending men to review this yes. movie yes this movie was I'm it's like not I'm sorry. for you. And like if you can't watch this movie and get the same joy out of it that you got out of Ocean's 11 then this movie wasn't for you. Period. Yeah. Like well and if you can't if you if you watch this movie and I have not seen the movie granted but I imagine it's just the same type of fun not too serious. Yes. Heist movie that Ocean's 11 was if you watch this movie and loved Ocean's 11 and you watch this movie and don't like it because it's women then you're sexist. Yes. That, I mean, like, like that, that's the only, like, if you have a legitimate reason for not liking it, which I have, I, I don't know, like, I've not been, like, looking at closely at the reviews, so, um, whatever, but I'm not saying if you didn't like it, you're sexist, that's not what I'm saying. women but if were the, the only, only reason, reason uh-huh. sexist. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. it was just a really fun, fun, fun movie. I had such a good time watching it. That's what it was. It was a good time yeah um I will say the only point at which I kind of groaned a little bit was Mindy Kaling has to speak Hindi in the beginning and it is the worst Hindi I've ever heard like me trying to speak Hindi it was so bad I was like a person who does not speak Hindi trying to speak Hindi oh I was like you you couldn't get her a dialect coach oh oh she was great throughout the rest of it but like that I heard she was a lot of she was so fun. Everybody was so fun. But that one sequence where she's like speaking Hindi to her mother or something, I was like, oh my God, this is, it is like, it is, it was like uh, a garbage disposal. It was like, it hurt my ears. It was yeah. so bad. It's yeah. Like just have her speak English. We all speak English back to our parents anyway. Yeah. Our parents speak, or, you know, my, my parents speak English to me at this point. But yeah, my parents, they used to, when I was trying to like get me to like understand Telugu at least, um, now at this point, I understand it as well as I ever am going to. But yeah, they would speak Telugu to me and I spoke English back right, to them. You, you so. like yell back in English for the most yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The only person I speak Telugu to is my grandmother because she does not laugh at me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like that would have made it more realistic if her mom was like, started mocking her Hindi because that's yeah. what happens. That's what, that's what happens. That's why I don't, I, I speak. And then my grandmother's like, oh, your Telugu is so good. And it's terrible. I, but <laughs> my grandmother's really nice. So, 
She's very sweet. Uh, uh, but yeah, other than that, Ocean's 8, highly recommend. Super fun. I can't wait until I can like download it on iTunes and then just, I, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. It was so fun. Um, okay. So we actually had like, so I don't think we, I don't know that we've actually said this on the podcast, but we've kind of changed up our $5 tier because, um, just because that's, it's the way it was ended up working practically. So we just kind of officially changed it to where the idea is you can just email us questions or, you know, if you have a question or a comment on something we're going to talk that, you know, we're going to talk about, um, we will t- mention it on the podcast or answer your question. Or if you just have like a random question you want to ask us and you want us to answer, um, we will talk about it. And so we had, we got a question from Jerome. Um, it's, um, basically it's a very space nerd question. And so it basically Jerome is asking, um, setting aside the shoe eating that Elon Musk has done recently on Twitter or not. If you want to talk about that, please do. I, and I will talk about it just a little bit. Um, there appears to be some significant concern about Musk's cash flow in regards to Tesla and SpaceX and the near future of the company. Are you worried about the fact um, that SpaceX isn't yet in the black will impact whether or not the Falcon Falcon heavy timeline stays on track? Um, so basically are we worried about the future of SpaceX and timelines in terms of their rockets? Um, so a little bit on Elon Musk. I mentioned on the last podcast, actually, that I just kind of didn't want to talk about, what had been going on. I've had some time to process it with him. And um, yeah, he's, it's, it's pretty terrible um, what he's been doing, um, which is he went through a streak where he was just basically attacking female journalists, attacking female scientists on Twitter and just like sending his like bro army after people, which is terrible. And um, it's not great. It actually made me seriously think about whether I want to be a space journalist because I left a very toxic industry which is comics for space because I thought it would be less toxic turns out it's not um it is I mean in terms of like just like how often you have to deal with the toxicity it's less toxic but toxic elements exist everywhere um and I had just found out I was pregnant or was it was pretty early when I was and I was like I'm gonna have a kid like do I like what am I doing do I really is this really what I want to deal with in the end yeah like I don't want to deal with it of course but in the end I, I I am like happy with my career I'm happy being a space journalist I love space even knowing stuff like this um but I'm just gonna say it's not great so that is Elon Musk mm-hmm. um it's the price you pay uh, and, um, that being said, I am very careful now about what I say about him because I do not have the bandwidth to deal with no. troll armies. Any, like, I just, I don't have the mental, I, I've got other things to worry about, like having a kid and just nobody wants to deal with that. So, um, have been started being a little more careful about what I say online. Um, uh, but not, not in my reporting, but in like Twitter, um, in reporting, you're, you gotta be honest. So gonna, gonna call it like it is. So with SpaceX, am I worried about the company? Honestly, no. Um, Tesla's having major cash flow issues. SpaceX is doing really, really well. Um, the company is leveraged, and it's, but it's, it just secured a new Air Force contract for the Falcon Heavy, which we were a little worried about. What was the Falcon Heavy going to do? Um, and now that they've got this big new Air, shiny new Air Force contract, it's been certified by the government. Like SpaceX is doing really well. I like it's it's doing really well. I don't worry about it. Um, they can because they are driving down the costs 
of sending stuff to space, like I think they will like they will do well for the foreseeable future. Tesla's a different story. I've written a lot about on Engadget about Tesla. In the long run, they're both gonna be fine. It's just Tesla's got a way to go before it gets there. SpaceX, though, in my opinion, is doing fine and I don't worry about its I don't worry about its timeline in terms of cash flow. Um, in terms of whether they're, when they're going to actually be able to fly humans to the International Space Station is a different story, but that's not cash flow related. So that is a short answer to a complicated <laughs> question. I think you did a really good job. Um, okay, <laughs> so now we are going to move on to, well, what, are we, what do we love oh, right now? What do we do you love? Like eight things. Sorry, it's been, I've been doing a lot. Um, no, but then, don't apologize. We love people <laughs> because you love. Oh, I, for, I forgot to mention, um, if you want to read about what Preeti thinks about being an author, we sh- I should have mentioned this when you, uh, we were talking about your book. I interviewed her. <laughs> Four fangirls. Don't worry, I did disclaim that she is one of my best friends. I was like trying to be an objective journalist. But it, I thought it was a really fun interview. Uh, Preeti gave very fun answers. And um, anyway, we'll link to it in the show notes, so go check that out. <laughs> but one of the things I said is like we all love Preeti because she loves what she loves so enthusiastically. So. I do. What do you love enthusiastically right now? Uh, number one thing happening for me right now, as you may have noticed on Twitter, is the World Cup. I am very, very into soccer. It is one of my favorite sports to watch. I've been in a fantasy Premier League group for the last, like, eight years. It's this weird thing I do that I talk about a little bit, but I don't talk about a ton except during, like, major, major competitions. And the World Cup is, like, a month-long, anxiety-ridden, drink-fueled sports game extravaganza. How much longer is it now? Uh, the final Tomorrow? games are on the 14th and the 15th. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's coming up on the end. I am I am very anxious. The other day, so I have a, a group of friends and I are in a Slack together about the World Cup. And I was like, it's a lot of like, oh, you know, that like sound you make when it doesn't go your way. And my friend was like, do you like, do you it? Do you get joy from watching these games? And I'm always like, it's unclear, but the joy, the highs are so high that it's I, worth I, the lows. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. I know. I Where know. You're like, like the the Japan, uh, the the Japan England game that was a couple days ago was so fun to watch. It was like just such a joy. Wait, am I mixing it up? I'm like mixing up all the games because I was watching them on the road. I know something big happened with the Japan game. I'm because not, they yeah. Came, they came very, very close. Um, they came very close to winning. It was, there have been a lot of really big upsets this this cup, which has been fun, but also sad, you know, where you're like, like, some like I really would have liked Spain to go through, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they lost. Depends on who you're rooting for. Yeah, it, it's yeah. been um, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I know, I know how it goes. Like with cycling, like it's just like, uh, yeah, yeah, I know how it goes. 
it's different. It's different. But yeah, I, 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 yeah. I know it's been, um, and I said England, but I meant Belgium, Japan, Belgium. The, I was like, mm-hmm. I know that's wrong. Uh, the, the Japan Belgium match that was on two days ago, I was like watching in a Chili's in the middle of a seven hour road trip. <laughs> And like, in, there's nothing nice like stop. Nice stop. You're Chilis. welcome. We went an hour out of our way to go to the yes, Chilis. worth it, worth it. <laughs> and like Belgium, you know, everyone was like, "This is gonna be an easy game. They're gonna win. They're just gonna win." And then Japan just turned it out, and it was so fun to watch these countries, like Mexico beating Germany in the first round, or like. Uh, one of my favorite things is the reason Mexico went through the group round is because um, Korea beat Germany and Germany got basically kicked out uh, after the group round. There is this amazing video that you have to look up of Mexican fans in Mexico going to the Korean embassy and making the Korean amb- ambassador come out and drink tequila with them. Oh, that's, that's It's fun. so cute. There's this like wonderful sense of camaraderie and it's not getting as much attention in the U.S. right now because the the U.S. didn't make it in um, to the qualify. They, they didn't qualify to enter, but it's just... I feel like my, my Twitter feed is just all World Cup, which I'm fine with. Like, I'm, I'm not a World Cup, but I like seeing pe- other people, like, excited about a thing that they're excited about. So, yeah, like, it's really fun. It's, it's really, really, really fun. Um, there's just an excitement to soccer that because every goal is so far and few between, which I know people hate mm-hmm. about it, that's what I love about it because it feels so earned yeah yeah. it's like the opposite of why people or it's the same it's the opposite reason of why people like basketball because basketball is so fast-paced basketball moves too fast for me it's too fast for me i'm like by the time you're done cheering for like that your team's ahead like the other team has right it's just like boom 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 yeah i don't like that i need like that slow build of the like tension and then all of a sudden the like sheer excitement when it actually happens or the like (laughs) intense disappointment when it doesn't it's like all of these feelings it was a sport made for me because it's so full of feelings I love feelings um that's the biggest thing the other stuff is like very very quickly uh in comics Rogue and Gambit was a miniseries that just that just ended this week um it's five issues rogan gambit i think is the first couple i ever shipped in my whole life oh i love them i love them together and so this series was just like really cathartic and beautiful and it's about the two of them and their relationship uh written by kelly thompson drawn by perry perez and colors by frank darmada and it's only five issues like beginning to end has like a full arc highly recommend it um, champions, I've been picking that up on Marvel Unlimited, the Mark Wade, Humberto Ramos, and Edgar Delgado, which is Miss Marvel, Young Cyclops, Nova, Miles Morales, um, Vision's daughter, whose name I'm forgetting. I can't remember her name. And uh, Amadeus Cho as Totally Awesome Hulk on a team together doing things. And so that's been really, really fun. Uh, that's all on Marvel Unlimited right now, which is how I'm reading it. And then Jane the Virgin, which I do want to talk about really briefly because it's the just announced season five is the final season, so I've been catching up. On oh, Netflix. okay, okay, okay. 
Yeah, this show is so wonderfully sweet and real. And despite being like a take on a telenovela without the hilarious production qualities of some telenovelas, it is just such a joy to watch these characters. And Gina Rodriguez is so fun. And it feels like a little, it feels good to support art that is by and about the Latinx community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are characters who only speak Spanish. It is a very, it has a very strong point of view on how we should be humanizing people, including undocumented immigrants and all these things all packaged in a really lovely love story for Jane. It's so good. I know it sounds so like saccharin. Saccharin, yeah. Saccharin. Words I only read and never say out loud. Um, and and kind of like candy, but it's it's got I've a heard lot of such depth. Good things. I it's like I cannot recommend it enough. It has so much depth to it and it's just if you can it starts out like really, 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 really campy, but then pulls in the characterizations and the strong writing pretty quickly. So like even if you're not into camp, I still think you should give it a shot. It's so good. And that's what I'm into. Um, okay, for me, I'm into, oh my God. Okay, so I am a, like, stan for the Jurassic Park franchise. Like, I know, <laughs> I know most of the movies in it are terrible. Like, I own all of them. I own, like, Jurassic Park on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, and, like, four, three digital copies that have come with those copies. <laughs> and so, like, I just, I love those movies so much. Like, I, I'm so, I haven't watched the new one because I rarely go to movies in theater, but I will buy it without having watched it, and I will love it even though it's terrible. And, like, I, I recognize that these movies aren't good. But I <laughs> adore, well, I will, I will fight you about the first Jurassic Park. But the rest of them. But I love them anyway, and they're so fun. Um, So there's a game called Jurassic World Evolution, and it is, like, a, like, theme park builder and you like build your like your your dino park and then you um like breed your dinosaurs and you have to like make sure your dinosaurs don't eat people (laughs) and you like go find new dinos I love my dinos I love my park this is like the most fun I've had with a video game since like Zelda like Mm -hmm. they're nothing alike so I'm not saying if you like Zelda you will like Jurassic World Evolution, but like if you like like SimCity, The Sims, Civilization, those kind of like stra- like strategic l- games that you know you have to like you know you learn stuff and then you apply them to your different parks and stuff like that. Like if you like games like that, you'll probably like this game. If you love Jurassic Park, you'll probably love this game. <laughs> uh, I I adore it. Like it's so fun. I'm gonna write up. I'm writing about it right now for fangirls. Um, so you can like check that out if you. I love that you're playing like a slice of life Jurassic Park game. <laughs> I love it so much. Like, I love my dinos. Like I will sometimes just like take a picture and text my husband like pictures of like I'll take a picture of the TV and like text him pictures of my dinos because I love my dinos so much and like he's just like oh, God. like. What, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's not out for the Switch, which is sad, but I got it on Xbox but Xbox One, but you can also get it, I think, on PS4 and on the PC. Um, and then next, I am also really into a sports thing. Well, not right now, but in two days, the Tour de France will start. I'm so excited. Um, I love cycling. The Giro d'Italia is my favorite 
tour, but the Tour de France is like the biggest one. So super excited, especially because there's been some like really big drama going into it. Um, Chris Froome, who's won the last like, who's won like three of the four last years and one year he didn't win is because he crashed out um, and had to like drop out due to injury. I think that's right. Three to four. He won, just won the Giro d'Italia a couple months ago, but uh, he has been under some like doping. Oh yeah. He's been under some, like there's a bit of doping shadow and a question. It's not actually that big of a deal of a doping thing. He just, he tested higher than the limit of a an allowed medication for asthma um an inhaler because all of these guys have all of these athletes have asthma because they push their bodies so much so he tested higher than the allowed but it was like he has faced a lot of doping allegations because he's done so well i'm not going to comment on whether i think he is guilty of doping i i mean i guess i am going to comment i'm 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 skeptical um just because he is such a gentleman. I think that he would see that as um, against the like kind of gentlemanly nature of the sport. That might be naive. And I grant you that um, I am a trusting person. So that might be naive. But anyway, so basically the organizer of the Tour de France said as long as he is under that like shadow and as long as that case was undecided, he would not be allowed to enter the oh, race. No. This, was, this was starting. This was on s- Sunday and the race was starting on Saturday. And then 24 hours later, the UCI, which is like the governing organization, comes back and clears him in the oh, doping case. Oh, good. It's just like, it's been like a lot of drama. So like, go, this is going to be a, there's going to be a lot of drama going into this race. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited to watch it. And then, oh, I'm going to really talk about like something really random. Um, so <laughs> I write a lot about tech. Um, I really like, I'm, I'm a big tech nerd, big gadget nerd. So um, I am a the lightest sleeper ever, and so I bought these these new Bose earbuds. They're called Bose Sleep Buds, and literally, they are. I, I love single function devices that do what they're they they are supposed to do very well. Like I don't care if you can do ten things, I need you to do one thing, and I need you to do it well. Um, and so these Bose Sleep Buds, um, they're basically just earbuds you put into your ears. They're tiny though. Um, so like you can actually like sleep side sleep on them. Um, and they just play white noise into your ears, but they're decibel level controlled. So they're not going to damage your hearing. Like some other like earbuds, like there are some out there that like don't have the noise control. So if you use them all night, every night for months on end, you can't damage your hearing. These won't do that. Um, and they're comfortable and they, they're, they, they, there are some issues like they're not per- absolutely perfect and they're expensive, but, like, I have slept better in the last week than I have in, like, months and months before that. Um, so, anyway, if you are a really light sleeper, feel free to tweet me if you want to, like, ask questions or you want me to. Um, I, I have a little Twitter thread on them, but feel free to tweet me. Anyway, I love them. I'm so glad I bought them. So worth it. But We can be I'm fans so- of anything on this show. Yes. I am a fan of this random <laughs> tech. Okay. So, I guess that's our show. That's our show. As long. We were, like... I, I didn't think we were going to have trouble like filming the show, but it was kind of a lot of just random stuff we wanted to talk about. Um, so uh, we are part of the um, Nerds of Color podcast network. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hard, Hard Knock Life is kind of the flagship podcast in the network. So um, definitely check that out. I think Keith was going to have us on there sometime. And then we June was just messy. Again, we've been on there before, but yeah, June is messy. And so, we will maybe be on there at some point. Hi, Keith. Um, again. We're going to email you. 
Yeah, we're gonna email you. Your email has been sitting in my so my sorry. inbox. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um. Patreon. Uh, thank you to Fazia and Meredith Smith at the $10 level and Jerome, Sylvia, Martha, Brandy, Rahul, GeekHeartGaze.com, Jordan, Annie, Megan, Claire, Brian, Robert, Guy Through Maya, and the Knot family at the $5 level. Uh, thank, you. thank you. You guys are awesome. Um, so you can find us on Twitter at Daisy Geek Girls, and I'm at S Krishna, and I'm at Run with Skizzers. As always, we would so appreciate it if you would rate us on iTunes. Um, and I guess until next time, we'll see you in, in hell. hell!